Um, great to be with you this morning again. We are continuing the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. It's, it's a chunk of portion, but uh, we will uh, go through the main areas, what God wants us to speak to us. And uh, uh, our dear brother, Andrew, uh, agreed and uh, excited to read from the Word of God, so so it's up to you. We can read with him or just listen while he's reading. Book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 26. Yeah. So, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south on the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they travelled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, Here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Azotus, and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Let's pray. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful morning, God. Lord, we are praying to you for your presence, God. Lord, you come and speak to us and enable us to focus on your word. Uh, Lord, would you please come on, fill us with your presence, God. All we desire this morning is your presence and your grace to understand what you want us to talk to us, God. Lord, that's the reason we are here. Lord, would you please come and equip all the age groups with your glory, God. Come and help me to preach the word of God uh, with integrity and with your power and with your knowledge and understanding so that together we can glorify the King of kings and Lord of lords. Would you please come and move among us, God, while people hearing the word of God, Lord, we do believe you can heal the sick and uh, Lord Jesus, you can restore things, God. We ask in your name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Acts 1.8, that's the uh, key place we can start. Acts 1.8, we are very familiar. I already talked that many, many times. Uh, that's, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, 
and to the ends of the earth. These disciples were with Jesus, spent time with them, uh, walked with them. They saw supernatural water turning to wine, hundreds of things. But Jesus said, okay, don't just go out on the basis of the experience you had with me, not on the basis of the confidence. I know how things are done. But Jesus said, it's very important. Don't just go, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. They waited at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. We saw the Greek word uh, 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 last Sunday. Um, then, um, then they are uh, moving forward. The church is uh, forming in Acts chapter 7, persecution coming. People are scattered. Um, some of the uh, leaders, mainly the apostles, stayed in Jerusalem. All the others scattered. It's horrific. Uh, last Sunday, I just mentioned, it's like at the ISIS season. At that time, they were dragging women out and killing and persecuting, putting them into prison. Uh, even, I don't know how many things gone. It was a very scary time. People are running for life. They are running for life. Some of them lost their brothers and sisters, and children are running for life. In the midst of their running, what they did, they shared the gospel. They shared the gospel. That is fantastic. Who can do that? Only by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can share the gospel in the midst of suffering. It's impossible otherwise, you know. Otherwise, you will be completely uh, overwhelmed with what's going on in your life. But what they did... In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, you know, the, the day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried. Then in chapter, four, uh, chapter 8, verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word of God, preached the word wherever they went. Wherever they went, where they went. Then Philip went to Samaria, and we can see uh, what happened there. After the incident, uh, Philip met with uh, the people in Samaria. There's uh, lots of miracles, lots of wonders going on, and people got baptized, including a guy called uh, uh, Simon. He also got baptized and added to the church, kind of added, but not fully committed to the church. Then now, in verse 26, that's the portion we are heading. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go, to, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down Jerusalem to Gaza. So, the angel of the Lord is talking to, uh, uh, to Philip, go there. I, want, I have a plan there. There is a difference here. You need to see two types of leading there. The first phase, people are running. It is absolutely led by the Spirit, fully. They were filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. They are sharing gospel. They are sharing gospel. But in, in chapter 8, verse 26, there's a specific calling from God to a specific individual. That is very different, you know. So we can be led by the Spirit all the time, but there are moments God can speak to us to a specific circumstance. Go and talk to a specific person. Go and talk to that person. So that is the thing that is happening here. Who is the person we are meeting there? He was an eunuch, 
uh, a, a eunuch. He, he was coming. He's an Ethiopian. He was uh, part one of the bureaucratic, uh, uh, or, or he was one of the head of the treasury uh, department there. He went to Jerusalem to worship the Lord of uh, the Jews. So he was a God-fearing eunuch, or he was from that area. He traveled all the way to Jerusalem to worship God, and he's going back. And that's the time God asked Philip, go and walk, go and run, or go and, clo- uh, go and go close to this person. Then he's uh, started reading something breathtaking, you know. He's just going through the book of Isaiah chapter 53. He's just reading something. He can hear that one. Uh, I was doing some uh, uh, study, then I was thinking, at that time people do. If you are educated, people have a tendency to read loud. Uh, then they can hear or they're kind of practicing. They have a tendency. Now we do uh, use the Kindle kind of things in a cafe settings. We don't read that loud. If you read loud, people think we have something, we, we got something wrong. You know, so we do have a quiet reading kind of mentality there. At that time, if you're educated and if you want to understand something, they have a tendency to read loud. You know, so especially if you're an official, who is going to stop you? I'm an official. I'm. This is my chariot. I'm going to read loud. So he was reading loud, and uh, uh, he was. Uh, then Philip was sta- uh, uh, talk, uh, walking next to him. Then the film ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading, Isaiah the prophet. Then he asked, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. It's a question. There's a straight question there. The eunuch was reading the passage of the scripture. Then in verse 31, he said, how can I... He said, unless someone explain it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. That's really nice, you know. So uh, other than asking, okay, you run and explain me. I will listen. No, at least he got a ch- chance to get in and sat with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of the scripture. He was led like a sheep at the, uh, uh, at the, at the slaughter and as a lamb before the shearer in silence, so he did not open his mouth in his humiliation. He was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. He was reading through an unknown scripture. He, he's familiar with that scripture maybe, but he doesn't know what actually he was talking about. Then, then the eunuch asked, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that, the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Where are we heading? Where are we heading? So what is relevant to us? Just, let's look at the, some of the passage. We may not go there. According to the Jewish law, if you are a eunuch, you cannot go to the temple in some of the areas. You are a restricted person. You are, not a, uh, you are blemished. You cannot go to some of the areas. Uh, if you want to read that one, you can go home and read that one. That is in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1 to 3, and Leviticus chapter 21, 18 to 20. It's very, very clear that if you have some sort of uh, infirmity or if you are some sort of a blemish in your life, you cannot enter into the temple and worship God. That is full stop. That's full stop. You know, that was very clear according to Deuteronomy and according to Leviticus. So that means always, he was always limited by his 
physical deformity under the Jewish law. But he went to Jerusalem to worship. I don't know where did he worship. He might have stood outside. He just maybe stood in a specific place and worshiped to the Lord. Lord, you are living God. According to the Jewish law, even if I want to get into the temple, these people are not going to let me in because of my physical nature. He was stopped there. So, But because his love for God, he went to there and coming back. But I was reading, you know, Isaiah 53. Then, then I was thinking, uh, reading some more, bit more. Then I said, when I came to Isaiah 56, things are different there. Even though in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, they were stopped or they were not accepted in the temple to worship the Lord. But in Isaiah 56, the prophet is talking something spectacular there. That's that is really amazing. Let's go there. Other than reading the whole chapter, we will skip through some of the specific verses that will give you an idea what actually God is talking in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1 to 8. Let me go to Isaiah chapter uh, 56, verse 4. So let, let me jump to uh, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 4. What it says, and this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keeps my Sabbath, who choose what please me and hold fast to my covenant to them, I will give within my temple and its walls a memorable and a name better than sons and daughters. What? In Isaiah 53, he's reading about God and Jesus and his saving grace. In Isaiah 56, the same God is speaking something greater, deeper to the eunuchs. I hope he might be reading there, you know. So after 53, he might have uh, uh, got, got the baptism service done. Then he was continuing reading Isaiah 56. I was thinking, my goodness, I wish I was there when he was reading Isaiah 56. He, he, he might have jumped out from the chariot, you know. So, uh, you know, just, oh my goodness, this is there. These people said, I cannot worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. All this Jewish law said, I'm restricted, I'm stopped. But the same God spoke through Isaiah centuries back about me there. What does that say? I will get a better place than these uh, sons and daughters. Better than, I will give them an everlasting name. You can see that everlasting name in Revelation. Everlasting name that will not be cut off. According to the Jewish law, I'm not allowed there. But the same God is communicating. My plans are not restricted in that one. I have, I have plans bigger than. I have a higher plan for you because of Jesus. Because of his death, because of his resurrection, because of his blood, because of his crucifixion, because you paid, he paid your sins, and there is no more physical limitation to approach God. Here, God is saying a memorable name and a better, a memorable, memorable and a name better than sons and daughters, and I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. Let's go to chapter uh, verse, verse 6 also. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord, to worship him, all who keep the, who keep the Sabbath for without uh, discreting uh, it, and who hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy 
in my house of prayer. Not outside, inside. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. Things are changing. You know, will be accepted. Uh, uh, and for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Do you remember that somewhere else? My house will be called as the house of prayer. That was spoken by Jesus in Matthew chapter 21, verse verse 13. My house will be for open to everyone, not just for the Jewish people. It will be open to foreigners. It will be open to Gentiles. It will be open to everyone because of Jesus. And eunuch, you thought your, your experience hours before was not that same. Jewish law said, sorry, sorry, you cannot go there. According to this, this is law. But God's heart was not physically stopping him. God's heart was everyone should and they will be, they, they, the grace is available for everyone to come and enjoy God's law. The spirit having broken down the racial barriers that denied Samaritans, half-breed religions, access to God, now had broken down a physical barrier to faith as well. None will be judged based on racial or physical characteristics. Entry into the kingdom of God is depends on fully upon the grace and the faith upon Jesus. That is it. So God is breaking the barriers, and this is the great good news he's communicating to us and to the eunuch. I was thinking, he's not, for us, I know this story, we read this story many, many times, but for that person, knowing that he has a life with God, he got an eternity, he doesn't need to perform anything, there is no more restriction because of Jesus the good news being communicated is in now. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29, for in Christ, shall we say that together? For in Christ. How many people tell 20 people? Shall we say again? For in Christ, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were, were, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Greek, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave or free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. As if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to promise. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's the reason why an Indian speaking here tonight, today. God's grace came to India. The father, one of the apostles, Thomas came there and preached the good news, you know. The reason God's lavish grace was spread to Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the Antosia, that means it came to India. It's available for everyone. It's available for everyone. But the, but the main thing, the, 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 the eunuch was asking, if somebody is not explaining things to me, how can I understand this? That's the point. I'm reading Isaiah 
He's talking about some sort of lamb and sheep and uh, uh, different things are going on. He was asking, if somebody is not explaining to me, how will I understand? That's what in Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? That's in Romans chapter 10 verse 14. Romans chapter 10 verse 8, 9, 10. It's a very, very familiar verse as you know. If you believe and confess Jesus is the Christ, you will be get saved. But it's a continuation of Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says, but how are they to call on him in whom they have, be, they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Oh, preaching. Sorry, mate. That's not me. Preaching doesn't mean that standing here and shouting from a pulpit. No. We are the newspapers for Christ. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We just walk, you know. We just talk. Bible says, Jesus said, I am the light of this world. The same Jesus said, you are the light of this world. We don't need to put a sticker on the top of that light. This is light. Hey, look at the light. Wherever there is a light, the light will shine in the darkness. In John chapter 1, in him was life. The life was the light for the men. In the same way, Jesus asked, you are the light of this world. We are communicating gospel of grace, gospel of forgiveness, gospel of freedom, gospel of deliverance, gospel of uh, uh, eternal life because of Jesus. So we are there, wherever we go, we are communicating God's gospel. That's, what in, that in, that's happening in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Wherever they went, they preached the good news. Everyone did. But Bible mentioning some specific incidents, like Pete, uh, Philip, there should be a reason to understand what is actually a bit more, to get us a bit more deeper understanding. Preaching doesn't mean that standing and standing here and uh, shouting something in a loud voice. No, preaching means communicating, sharing the gospel through your life in different ways. And people will know that there is a Savior lives. There is hope for their life. I remember a couple of uh, uh, months back when uh, Andrew Bryson was sharing one of the stories in a, in a, in a train, I think. You were, uh, uh, you were traveling a train and someone was reading a book and that led to a conversation. You know, so it doesn't mean that everyone in the city church needs to book a, book a train ticket and travel somewhere and look, look for someone to read a book. No, that's a foolish thing. Don't do that. So when you are walking around, when you are moving around, there will be circumstances. We have a responsibility to listen what they are reading, where they are at. So gospel can penetrate into anyone's life at any time. Do you believe that? There is no specific time because gospel is available and applicable to anyone in the midst of crisis, in the midst of prosperity, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of marriage, in the midst of singleness, in the midst of anything, in the midst of when you're having a child, when you are not having a child, when you are pregnant, when you are not pregnant, it's applicable anytime because this is leading to eternity. This is leading to eternity. This is, a, this is the gospel of grace. So we need to be open to the Holy Spirit, uh, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And people do have giftings in different ways. 
Andrew communicated the gospel in a different way. Jeannie in our church communicated the gospel in, the, the, in a different way. Does it mean that you need to go to a cafe all the time? I don't know. I can't go. No. God placed you in different circumstances, in different places, God. Only thing you need to understand, God, your grace is with me, and you will enable me to communicate the gospel and enjoy God's presence and who you are in Christ, and God will use you for his glory in the times when he wants to use you. So intentional gospel sharings are part of our life. I will say sharing gospel in our life is a default setting for a Christian. <laughs> Whether you agree or not, that's a default setting. Oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that one. But God says, yes, you are doing it. When you are living in a community, when you are living in an office, when you are spending time with your friends, you are sharing gospel. But it comes up in different forms. But sometimes, in this default setting, God can ask you to do something specific. How many of you had that experience in your life? You felt God asked you to share gospel to a specific person in a specific time because you were prompted to do that one. How many of you did that one? Many. Many times. This is the same situation happening to Philip. God spoke to him, go, run. And I want to speak to a specific person. God did it. But we will be, we should be, we should pray to God, give us the grace to respond to that kind of call when you are asking me or us to run to that specific situation. Recently, uh, uh, we, uh, I, was, I had a dream. Uh, I had a dream, two dreams. Uh, one was one of my neighbors and uh, some of the things related to their family kind of things. Okay, uh, I shared to Catherine and I prayed for that. I don't know where things are going on. I kept in my heart. But after a couple of days, I got a text or communication kind of things similar to the situation. Then I said, God spoke to me. God spoke to me about that a couple of days, but this is the situation. So that, that enabled me to contact, communicate to them. You know, so just straight in. Because just because I remembered, you know, other than, oh, they may not agree with the dreams and visions, God can speak, you know, oh, no, 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 this is what I believe, this is what God can do, so that give you the room to communicate to people. Another incident was, I think, uh, when I was praying with the Joe Barker uh, uh, one of the mornings, then the night before, uh, uh, there's another thing, there's a, there, the, the dream was, the thing was, uh, there's a fight between a specific ethnic group in my area, they're fighting between, you know, so then what is that? God, I don't know what to do with that one. Only thing we did that morning, we don't know God, we are praying to you God, let your will be done, full stop, that's it. You don't need to deep into, oh, we need to find the root. No, 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 just if you, if God is asking I want my children to cry out to me to fulfill what I want to achieve in that circumstances. That's it. In his sovereignty, our prayers are included. Amen. Hallelujah. In his sovereignty, sharing gospel is included. Hallelujah. That is why people are getting saved. That is why people are getting healed. It's not because of our performance. God's sovereign plan is is there. So that's the reason why. What happened uh, at the time of Ramadan, uh, one of my friends invited me to the mosque. I went there and spent time with him, enjoyed a nice food, came out from the mosque and standing outside, the same dream is literally happening before me. 
just there. He's happening. The fight is going on. Police involved. But one thing, no one was hurt. The guy went to the shop and took the one of the knives and attacked another person. But it's a miracle, you know, nothing happened. Everything was sorted within five minutes or ten minutes. It's gone. I was thinking, my goodness, this is God. God doesn't want to happen evil things in, on my street. Only thing, he asked me to pray to protect a person. Maybe he wants to save that person in, in another time. Who knows? I may, I may meet that person on the street after five years or ten years. You know, years back there was an incident. Then I can say, God spoke to me about that. I don't need to create it. But in God's time, things will come up. In God's time, even Brand's testimony was encouraging this morning. You know, just like at God's time, God can use you with the small things, the little things. Only thing we need to listen and obey and just respond. How can we do that? When we receive the power and when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can do that. When we try to do our own strength, we will get tired, we will get weird, we will get uh, be exhausted, and, and we feel... I can't do this. What, what we need to do? We may face pressure. We may face uh, uncertainty. In the midst of that, we are trusting in God. Because God, you are at work. That's the rest God wants to, uh, to have in our life. We don't know what happened to the eunuch. We don't know where did it go. But Philip didn't go to to Ethiopia. But who did? The eunuch went there. <laughs> Let me go to one of, the, uh, one of the PowerPoints. I think this may be two or three or something. Can you go down a bit? Uh, uh, there is a, uh, a prophecy. Oh, that's one. How, can you, how many of you recognize this one? When the Word and the Spirit comes together, there will be the biggest movement of the Holy Spirit that the nation and indeed the world has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a re- revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores. Even the Welshian and the Welsh revival of the former years, outpouring of God's Spirit will flow over from the UK to the mainland of the Europe, and from there will, be, uh, will begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. How many of you recognize this one? Do you know who is that from? Uh, where does that come from? Oh, Smith Wigglesworth. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> now, Smith Wigglesworth spoke in 1947 about a revival. Forget about the first part kind of things. We will come to, not forgetting, not ignoring. I'm just coming to the last portion, you know. Uh, the last one. And there will be, there will begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. When I was preparing Acts chapter 8, I was, a couple of weeks back, I was listening to Arnold's preaching about revival. And he was keep on mentioning. Then I was reading this portion then I was thinking, what happened to this eunuch? Philip didn't go, but this person went to, 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 to Ethiopia. And history says God used him powerfully in that area, in that season, to spread the gospel. What is happening in our town? What is happening in the city of Sheffield? There are 120 nations are here. How many of you know that one? In Joel's school itself, there are 33 languages in Joel's school itself. 
There are nations crowding here on your doorstep. What is going to happen? Years back, William Carey went to, Ing- to India. Uh, okay, uh, some other people went to in different nations. God is not stopping you to go to different nations. But what God is doing now, God is bringing all the nations here. They will hear the gospel and they will go back to this nation. That is the way I believe God is going to send the revival to the nations. I didn't hear hallelujah, praise the Lord, anything. I wish I was in Africa or India this time. Amen. At least one amen. You don't need visa. You don't need passport. You don't need any approval from any government. They are just here. Eunuch is just there in front of Philip. Philip, you doesn't have a, you, you, you don't have a chariot to go, but you don't need to go. God will send this man. Somalians are here, Arabs are here, Middle Eastern people are here, Indians are here, Pakistanis are here. You know, one time colonialism invaded nations, it gave us a negative impression, but this is a time we can spread the kingdom of God. There is a God lives, there is a Jesus saves. They can go back to Iraq, they can go to Iran, they can go to Yemen, they can go to Saudi Arabia, they can go to India, they can go to Pakistan, they can go to Mediterranean, they can go to Scotland. Oh, that is a bit political. Sorry. (laughs) Sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. Only thing we need to do, just relying on the Holy Spirit. Let me finish. Acts 1.8, you will receive the power. Led by the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and communicating the gospel whenever God is asking us to do. Could be through dreams, could be visions, could be just God is putting someone's uh, name in your heart, responding to the gospel. All our prayer, Lord, this is our season. This is the time, 2015. God, you are giving us the opportunity to live in this country for your glory, God. Let's stand and pray together. I want to hear your, uh, uh, that cry to the Lord. You know, We can pray together. God, Lord, send your revival. Revival is not about the unbelievers. When God revives, actually, God is waking up the sleepy church. That is revival. Revival is uh, God is pouring his heart to the church. Why can't we pray together? Lord, I pray for our neighbors, God. Lord, I pray for my friends and families. God, oh, Oh, above all, I need your strength, God. I need your grace, God. I need your wisdom, God. I want to see what they're reading now. And I want to communicate to them what they're reading, God. In whatever circumstances they are going through, whether they're reading Bible, or whether they're reading Quran, or whether they're reading Bhagavad Gita, or they're reading uh, Richard Dawkins' some books, or they're reading some uh, Darwin's book, or anything, God, Lord Jesus, give me the grace to penetrate into people's hearts and minds so that they will know that there is an eternity for them. Not after death, here in this life, and even after death. Would you please come and equip us, God? Lord Jesus, pour out your spirit, God. We want to see more and more and more people coming to your kingdom, God. Not these flags just standing there and flying there, God. We want to see people worshipping you with us, God. From France, from Germany, from India, from, from, from six continents together for your glory, God. We believe that you are doing that and we believe in your sovereignty. 
Thank you for speaking to us. Let's worship together. God bless. Thank you. Mm.